Dear friends in Christ, John Jay was a respected politician, and many of you know that name because he signed the Constitution. But John Jay was also a very uh, religious man. In fact, for a while, he was president of the American Bible Society. When John was 58, his wife, Sally, became gravely ill, and he and his children kept vigil at her bedside and were present when she died in May 1802. But shortly after her passing, John escorted his children into an adjacent room, and there he walked over slowly to a stand where the family Bible rested, and he took the Bible in his hands and slowly turned the pages until he found 1 Corinthians 15. And there he read Paul's account of his interpretation of Christ's resurrection and what that means for our resurrection when we pass away. He read those powerful words. When this mortal body shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? And then he closed the Bible. And he put it on the stand. And he walked over to the window and looked out at the beautiful hills surrounding his home. And he closed his eyes as if he was in meditation for a moment. And then he turned around to his children, and he said, now we can go on. Death is something that we wonder about. We wonder about the future, when it'll come, if we're going to have to experience some pain in those moments or days or weeks before we die, what will it be like in that realm beyond? We fear the death of someone that we know and love? How will I deal with my grief? How will I deal with the change in my life? How will I manage? A lot of questions come to mind. But Jesus talked about those questions. He talked about those fears. He was asked in our gospel text today about the mystery of death. Would the relationships on earth be the same as the relationships in heaven, for example, marriage? What would life beyond be like? And to those questions, Jesus responded with those words, marriage is for people here on earth. But then, but when those who are counted worthy of being raised from the dead get to heaven, they do not marry. And they never die again. In these respects, they are like angels and are children of God, for they are raised up to new life from the dead. What a beautiful and reassuring word from our Lord about the life to come and about the uncertainty of death and the questions and the fears that we have. It'll be different. We will not have to worry about dying again. Upon death, 
you and I and our friends and loved ones who believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, even those that can't sing a note when we sing our hymns here in our service, will be in the heavenly chorus and will be all surrounding the throne with the angels. There'll be a place for all of us there, and we will have new bodies, bodies that will be perfect and that we won't have to deal with the imperfections and the trials that we face here on earth. But Job had to face some of those trials. In our lesson today, he reaffirms his faith in the life beyond. Job, you see, had suffered much and had, had uh, uh, been told by his friends even that he should curse God and die. But he realized that God was not his enemy. Why else would he permit him to, to live on? His friends said, though, well, you must have done something terrible to deserve all these things that have been happening to you. But Job stands firm. He did not have answers to all his questions of why God permitted trials to come into his life, and none of us do. But he declares these words of faith in our text today, for I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at the last he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my with my eyes and not others. Now, these words are often used at burial services at the cemetery to remind those that are gathered around those coffins that God is not the enemy, that he is on our side, and that we will see him after death in the eternal realm. I remember reading an article in the Register some time back uh, about John Glenn, and it was entitled, Glenn Says View from Space Strengthens His Faith. And he writes, uh, Glenn writes, I don't think you could be up, up here and look out the window, as I did, and look down on the earth at this kind of creation and not believe in God. He said, it just strengthens my faith. You know, Scripture calls us to believe in this God who created the world. He created the heavens and the earth. Doesn't it make sense, then, that this God who made us and has a plan for our earthly pilgrimage has an equally appropriate plan for our heavenly pilgrimage. Because of Christ's resurrection, you see, which was a part of that plan too, we know that death is not the final stage of living. But it is merely a transition point to a more glorious and peaceful existence. The story is told that that at a banquet marking the 50th anniversary of the invention of the electric light, the inventor, Thomas Edison, 
collapsed. He was taken to his home where his condition, physical condition, grew steadily worse. It was a few days later that he spoke his last words. This man of science, who knew how to report accurate information and factual things, in his last few breaths, with a smile on his face, he said these words. It's really beautiful over here. What a wonderful glimpse God gave him of the afterlife. I've experienced this several times over the years with members who were ready to pass away, and they may not have been able to to move or to speak for hours or days even. But moments before their death, and I've seen it, sometimes this great smile comes on their face, or they lift their head almost to say, wow, look, I wish you could see what I'm seeing. What a gift that is to us all to be reminded that we have this beautiful land that we'll inherit someday to live in. Could there be no more beautiful sight than that place that God has prepared for us where he is on the throne surrounded by the heavenly course, a place of security and peace and no more fears, no more loneliness or trials. Back in December of 1977, a DC-3 carrying the University of Evansville basketball team crashed shortly after takeoff. It was a drizzling night, and it was often called by the press the night it rained tears. One of the professors at that university recalled that night, and he said it rained and rained the next two days, And the rain was symbolic of the tears that fell on our campus. And it was not until Sunday that the sun came out. The thought of death, the experience of death, can bring tears to all of us. But be comforted today by the teaching of Jesus that in three days the sun will shine, for there is resurrection. Because Christ was raised, we too, all of us who believe on his name, will be raised. There's more said about heaven in the New Testament than almost any other topic, so it must be important. Well, we look at that promise of our heavenly home and we realize that there is room for us there. When I think of that thought, I think of of some years ago when Promise Keepers had a conference in Atlanta, Georgia, for all pastors. It was the biggest conference that had ever been where pastors from all over the country and the world gathered. I believe there were 40,000 pastors there. And I was privileged, privileged to go along with several others right from this area. And I was put in charge of making sure that there was lodging for us when we got there. And so I called and made reservations at a 
a recommended hotel close to where we were going to meet. And then I remember two weeks before the conference, I called the hotel again, wanting just to double check on my reservation. And they assured me that they had my reservation and the rooms would be there ready for us. I even called the day before the conference and asked again about the reservation. And they said, it's all set. We have rooms for you. Well, as you guessed, probably, when I got to the hotel and went up to the counter and checked, wanted to check in, they said, oh, we gave your rooms to somebody else. You see, we're overbooked. And we always overbook because some people that make reservations never show up. But, you know, you promise keepers, you keep your promises, he said. Well, we ended up having to take a van 40 miles away to another hotel finally, and we were able to get a room, but it was not what we had hoped for or planned. You know, that's not what's going to happen in heaven. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. He says, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And where I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. There are plenty of rooms in that heavenly mansion that God has prepared for us. You know, we joke a lot about heaven often, but the certainty of its existence has brought comfort to millions and millions through the years. We have that blessed assurance that God indeed has, has prepared that place for his children. And so I guess that question needs to be asked again and again. Do you know for sure, absolutely sure, that God has a room for you there? Because that's what he wants for his children. Not an attitude that says, well, I hope I'm good enough, or I hope I'll be there. To be able to say yes, not because I'm a perfect person, but because I have been forgiven. And by the grace of God, I know that I will be in heaven someday. If you don't have that knowledge and that belief in your heart and mind today, I hope that you will not go even one more day without knowing that promise in your heart and believe that. Become a child of the resurrection. Affirm your faith in him. You'll never have to worry about it again. And you'll be able to declare, like Job declared in our text today, I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. Amen.